Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. I thought we'd take a look at a form of prayer which is too often neglected, and that is the Stations of the Cross. My guest, Gary Jansen, is Senior Editor of Religion and Spirituality at the Crown Publishing Group at Penguin Random House. He is the author of The Rosary, A Journey to the Beloved, and the best-selling memoir, Holy Ghosts. He's appeared on A&E, the Sundance Channel, uh, Travel Channel, Coast to Coast, AM, CNN.com, NPR. His writing's been featured in the Huffington Post, Religion Dispatches, and USA Today. Uh, Gary also has uh, composed a wonderful volume dealing with Catholic devotional life. And Gary, good to have you with me today. Hey, thank you so much for having me on today. Well, there are many approaches to the Stations of the Cross— it's a traditional devotion. Why did you decide to give us another? You know, it's it was a question I asked myself because I was asked by an editor like six or seven years ago to write a book on the Stations of the Cross, and I really felt like, you know what? I don't have anything to say about <laughs> this devotion. So many people have written about it. Yeah. I, I, I am not smart enough or knowledgeable <laughs> enough to answer the question, why does God allow suffering? Right. And But after, but a couple of years ago, I started seeing, I started going to the scriptural stations of the cross, and and I started to see that each 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 station, Jesus reacted to suffering in a very specific way. And so I became very intrigued, not so much by why does God allow suffering, but how does Jesus react to suffering? Respond to suffering, yeah. How does he respond yeah. to suffering? Right? And 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 can we I mean we have the Beatitudes, we have all the parables, we have all of Jesus' teachings, but can we unlock certain character building traits in the stations of the cross by looking at each station individually and seeing how Jesus responds. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of people, when they talk about suffering, want an, want an answer to the problem of suffering. Uh, at least in my experience, uh, answer isn't the right word to use. Right. Uh, there's a sense of identification, maybe, with the sufferings of Jesus or trying to imitate him. Because at the intellectual level, I don't think any answer can be emotionally satisfying. Uh, you've got to find some other way of uh, embracing suffering, coping with suffering, working through suffering. And, and it sounds like that's what uh, you're focused on here in Station to Station, is responding to suffering. Right, absolutely. I mean, if you look at the, if, if we look at the, the first scriptural station, right, which is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. So what is, Jesus is going through a very, very difficult moment in his life, and what does he do? Well, the first thing he does is he prays, right? And, and shouldn't that be one of our responses when we're, yeah. going through, uh, when we're going through suffering? Well, here's, you know, here's Jesus, and, and he's praying in one of, his, one of the most difficult periods yeah. of his life. Yeah. And, and maybe this is a good idea for us, that when we're suffering, it can be, it, we can be... We can turn on ourselves and become very, very conscious of ourselves. But I think in times of suffering, maybe the thing that we're supposed to do and what maybe Jesus is teaching us to do is to turn away from ourselves and turn toward God. Mm. You mentioned the scriptural stations. I, we should probably clarify. What's the difference between the scriptural stations of the cross and the traditional? Sure. Well, the traditional stations of the cross are the, are the stations that you would see in your church, your local church. Mm -hmm. So those are the 14 plaques or P14 
pieces of artwork that you might see on the wall and that people go around and they pray during Lent or around Easter time. Mm-hmm. The, uh, and the scriptural stations, well, they're all... They, uh, oh, and so one of the differences is that the traditional stations, not all of those scenes are depicted in the Bible, mm-hmm. right? They're passed on from right. tradition. Right. So the scriptural stations of the cross uh, is all Bible-based, okay. right? It well, was something that John Paul II... Um, kind of gave to us mm-hmm. based on from the Bible, the uh, I think in 2002, for us to really look at Jesus' passion and the stations of the cross through the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Good. So, I mean, this is, so this is anchored in, in the biblical text itself, like the, the, the Veronica passage that we think of is not from scripture. It's, it's right. from the tradition. All right. So, so the first, you start out at Gethsemane with Christ's initial response to the mission of suffering that he's about to, to imminently undertake, and his response is prayer. To give me, uh, move, move me through this. Uh, where is he going next, and what is he, how does he build on the prayer that he's been uh, performing at Gethsemane? Well, sure. You know, he's... You know, he obviously, he asks, you know, for this cup to be taken from him if it's God's will. And uh, and we move into that second station, which is where Jesus is betrayed by Judas. Right. And so, a very dramatic scene in the story. And and essentially, everyone's kind of freaking out around him, mm-hmm. right? right? But what does Jesus do? Well, he just, he stays calm. Right. I mean, here's, here's his friend who has just betrayed him. Here are the authorities that are going to take him into custody, and, you know, you could watch cops on TV and everyone freaks out when they get arrested. But no, Jesus stays <laughs> calm, you know, right. and he stays right. calm. So he prays and he stays calm. And then when he's before the Sanhedrin and they're challenging him, well, some people may actually cower. Some people may uh, feel such fear that they need to step yeah. aside or, or, or not or, or just not be witness to, to their own belief in, in God. And what does he do? He remains steadfast. He, he's, he, is, he is this rock. And so you start to start to see these, these reactions in the stations of the cross and the scriptural stations that all of a sudden become, wow, you know I mean? How do we build Christian character? Well, one way of building Christian character is really to kind of look at these stations and see, you know, how does God respond or how does Jesus respond um, to to pressure, you know, and how do we respond to pressure in our lives? I mean, do when we suffer or we feel like the pinch or when people are putting a squeeze on us, do we do we pray? Do we yeah. stay calm, yeah. or do we react differently? I think that, that you, you got him staying calm uh, through this. He's betrayed by Judas. He's uh, condemned by the Sanhedrin. He's arrested, of course, in the process, and he's staying calm. And that is directly related to his preparation which occurred at Gethsemane, and his, his, his confidence that this is his mission and is willing to embrace it. He, he's not trying to skirt it. He's, right. no, he's no longer in any way ambivalent. Um, he's, he's turned his uh, face towards Calvary at this point. And I think the, having prayed, having embraced the suffering, he can, he can afford to stand firm when everything is going crazy around him. I, what do you make of the denial uh, you got the betrayal by Judas. You have the denial by Peter. Mm-hmm. Why are those? Why are both of those things? Uh, they almost play off one another. Uh, oh, they absolutely do. Yeah. So I think, you know, the way that was one that really kind of resonated a lot with me, which is 
and and what came out of my meditation on that particular station where Peter um, where Peter denies Jesus is that Jesus does not turn away from him. You know, he does. He accepts Peter's weakness. He knows yes. going into this whole thing that Peter is going to stumble and he's going to fall. Yeah. Peter doesn't think so, but Jesus knows his weakness. And you know what? Still allows him to be the rock of the church. And so Jesus this is a very Ignatian thing or a very Jesuit thing, right? That Jesus meets, or um, you know, God meets us where we are, mm-hmm. right? He and and I and Jesus meets Peter where he is there. And and knowing all of these things about him, he still he still remained loyal even when even when Peter wasn't loyal to him. Uh, again, this I think this again builds uh, beautifully in the in the Garden of Gethsemane. His friends are there, but they're asleep. They can't. His most intimate friends, uh, Peter, James, and John. Uh, and here again, he's <laughs> he's a friend is undermining his is seeking to undermine his mission peter's denying him and yet jesus hasn't lost his uh his his identity he's not uh a lot of times we draw our, our uh we draw our sense of self or sense of mission from the people most important to us but it's clear here that jesus is able to maintain his mission apart from the opinions of those of his closest friends on earth uh so I think again, th- these are wonderful uh, uh, places for reflection and meditation. I've always thought it was interesting that the the stations have again uh, th- these. It's, there's a legal battle going on, uh, so it's it's uh, you, you've got the pilot, you've got the Sanhedrin, you've got a, a legal judgment being made. What's the presence of the law in all of this? The um, can you explain that just a little bit more? Take that yeah, step further. I mean, when we think about when you and I think of uh, growing spiritually mm-hmm. and entering more deeply in our relationship with God, we normally don't think about it in terms of having to face legal uh, harassment or persecution, mm-hmm. uh, and yet that is a central part of uh, the story of Jesus. Is that he has to? He has to. He ends up dying at the hands of corrupt uh, religious institutions and also uh, corrupt political institutions. He, he, there's, there's tremendous external opposition to him. And, uh, and again, it's legal authorities. I don't, I'm not really worried uh, at this moment, maybe in 10 years I will worry, mm-hmm. about the law uh, coming down hard on me for my faith or beliefs. But that is central to Jesus and the early apostle story. Yeah, I see what you're saying. The uh, again, Jesus, you know, he is this this person who knows that the kingdom is not of this earth, yeah. right? Yeah. And and it's something that we need to reflect on and to keep in the forefront of our minds. You know, as we go through our lives, I mean. There's. I tell a, a story in a book about a, psy, a psychologist who who um, holds an orange in his hand, and he asks his audience, he's like, if I squeeze his orange, what comes out of it? And uh, the audience says, well, orange juice, right? And he says, yes, exactly, orange juice, because that's kind of the essence of the orange, right? Mm-hmm. You squeeze it, yes. and you get orange juice. You don't get apple juice. Yeah. And then he says, well, what happens when the world puts the squeeze on you? Yeah, very good. 
right? Yeah. And uh, how do you respond, right? Is it with vitriol? Is it with vengeance? Is it with anger or fear, right? And, and then I ask the question, the psychologist didn't ask this, but I ask the question, well, how did Jesus respond to mm. this suffering when he was put under great pressure, when the world put the squeeze on him? And, and what did he do? He kept the kingdom in the forefront of his mind. The kingdom was he and the kingdom were one. Yeah. The, uh, but, but it was his focus on the kingdom and how do we become better Christians and it is by, by putting the kingdom in front. Excellent. Gary, thank you so much. Wonderful talking with you. And uh, uh, friends of mine have been raving about Station to Station. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you, Al. Take care. Gary Jansen. Gary Jansen is the author of Station to Station, an Ignatian journey through the scriptural stations of the cross. It's really a very insightful, very insightful book.